Today's readings feature a series of themes loosely connected around the shepherd-sheep image. This venerable image reaches right back to the tradition of King David, a young shepherd who became the first king of the royal house of Judah. Samuel asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. Instead of lording it over their subjects, like the rulers of other peoples, Israelite kings were meant primarily to be shepherds for the people. Few kings lived up to this standard, but the long-awaited Messiah, son of David, was expected to be the good shepherd par excellence. Today's gospel comes from the first half of an entire chapter the fourth gospel devotes to this theme. The passage builds up to Jesus' solemn claim, unfortunately not included in today's reading. We stop one verse short. When Jesus solemnly claims, I am the good shepherd. Leading up to this is a series of related images which presupposes an understanding of how shepherding functioned in ancient Palestine. During the day, sheep grazed on the open hillsides under the watchful eyes of their shepherds. At nightfall, the shepherds led them down to a large communal sheepfold where mingled sheep from a number of flocks could remain safe for the night with just one gatekeeper to watch over them. At daybreak, when the shepherds returned, each would summon the sheep of the flock for which he was responsible. Recognizing the voice of their shepherd, the sheep would follow his lead out to pasture through the gate of the fold. Inevitably, there would be attempts to steal sheep from the fold during the night. Thieves would succeed only if they got into the fold by some means other than the gate, and also only if they could get sheep to follow their call. Sheep attuned to their own shepherd's voice would not follow the call of a stranger, and so would not be in danger of being removed from the fold. We can now bring this understanding to the series of images used by Jesus in the Gospel. The central idea is that of the intimate knowledge that should exist between a shepherd and sheep. He knows his sheep. They recognize his voice and willingly follow his call. Jesus contrasts a good shepherd like this with others who come only to steal harass, and ultimately destroy sheep that do not belong to him. 
This is why the first part of the Mass, the liturgy of the Word, is critical for us today. It is in this liturgy where we hear the voice of Christ, the Good Shepherd, and learn to follow his call. Within this same basic image, however, Jesus identifies himself not only with the shepherd, but also with the gate of the sheepfold. I am the gate of the sheepfold. And this adds a fresh dimension. If the sheep are to flourish, they have to come and go through the gate of the fold. If they stay only within the fold, they will decline for lack of fresh pasture, fresh grass. If they do not return to the fold, but stay out in the hillsides at night, they will be at risk. So daily, they have to come and go through the gate, which then becomes their means of access to both protection and growth. By describing himself as the gate of the sheepfold, Jesus is indicating that only through vital and continual interaction with himself will members of the community find life and growth. There's also something in the second passage, the second reading. Give me a second to find that. I've been meditating on this for a while. I'm kind of thinking about where we are in our current situation on earth. Our time of stay at home, our time of not coming to church, our time of not, for many of us, not going to work. And the sense of Jesus being that good shepherd to take care of us, being that gatekeeper that through him we can gain eternal life and only through him. There's also something about his suffering that we hear. We talk about Jesus being the good shepherd, but in the passage from 1 Peter, we see Jesus more in line with being the sheep. The sheep that is being brought to sacrifice, being shorn, being, being stripped naked. And in that sense, he gives us an example of how to be, how to live our lives. And it's the first line in particular that I'm really drawn to. If you are patient when you suffer for doing what is good, this is a grace before God. If you're patient when you suffer for doing what is good, this is a grace before God. We're being asked to stay home. We're being asked to have social distance when we do encounter each other. We're being asked to give up an awful lot. For some, they've given up jobs. For some, they're giving up their health to take care of the sick. For some, they're giving up their ability to be with friends and family. And we all are suffering because of that, but there's this idea that we're doing this for something that is good. We're doing this to take care of those people that 
are most at risk from this virus, that have no natural, none of us have a natural immunity, but that by distancing ourselves, we're stopping and helping to stop the spread of the virus, especially to those people who are most vulnerable, that would be hardest hit by this illness. We're doing something good. And if we can do this with patience, if we can do this with this understanding, it's a grace before God. I don't know if that helps you. I don't know if that makes it easier to live through this time period. It does for me. It gives a purpose and a meaning. It allows me to participate in something good. And as we hear at the Eucharistic rite, at her at the altar, all good things come through Christ and from God. So in our participation in the good, we are helping God. And when we help God like that, we help each other.